a little bit of a what? A bevy. And then you said something else. A little bit of a boogie. Boogie? Yeah. What is that? Boogie. Oh, uh, boogie. Okay, accent. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Brunch Book Club, the podcast where brunch, books, and booze collide. I'm Tara. And I'm Tati. And you can, can sip, sip with, with us. us. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> well, well, well. This isn't within our usual. What is it called? <laughs> schedule ah that's the word cadence cadence Mm. it's not within our routine schedule we've gone off piece surprise hey 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 not what you were expecting surprise (laughs) even if you are not surprised even if you're not listening we're here because happy galentine's day babe happy galentine i got you a little something no yeah live on air i got you some stickers a little stickers bff stickers Oh, cutie. <laughs> I think it's, some of them are like, go guys. Oh, this one says, lol, surprise. <laughs> Should I open this now? Yeah. Oh, the stickers aren't that great because they didn't stick the thing down. Now you have to look at the cover. Oh. What oh, it? to my disc. Oh my gosh. That has my name on it. I did it. Did you write this or you got it made? I wrote the to my tatty. So it says to my... On here? Yeah. Wow. Um, I have some talent. Ladies, it's Galentine's Day. Hit her up for calligraphy. (laughs) You've got letters and cards to write. Tara is your girl. Oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. I can't take you out for a steak, but I will get you some stickers and a card. That's fine. Well, surprise, fierce crew. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> They're so corny, oh, but I gosh. love them. They're so cute. They kind of remind me of, um, did you ever have brat stalls? I didn't have them, but I am familiar. Yeah, they kind yeah. of look like that. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Well, here we are. You're like, I got you my present. Yeah. And I am very grateful. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got me on Galentine's Day. I did. Day of lady love. Platonic love. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Platonic. platonic lady love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, happy Galentine's Day to all of our girls, gays, theys and allies. Yeah. Valentine's Day tomorrow. You got any plans? Yes. Do you? Oh, we're going to have a little date night. Oh, yeah. cute. Who's cooking? Or are you going out? Um, we haven't decided yet. So Alex's birthday was last week. Was it? Yeah. Oh, cute. So we... Is he a Capricorn king? Aquarius. He's Aquarius. Uh, oh. So we went out to dinner. Um, but now for Valentine's Day, I think we'll stay home and have a little romantic dinner in. Aww. So it's nice to be spending Galentine's with you. And then actually I'm celebrating Galentine's with another uh, girl group, girl gang. Uh, fierce, um, fierce, fierce crew. Yeah. Fierce crew, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, what's another one? My troop, what? My, oh, troop little surprise. <laughs> my troop little surprise girls. Um, yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, you know exactly who you are. Um, so yeah, I love this week. 
Oh, it's such a like nice and lovey time. Yeah, I love love. I like giving cards out all the time. Yeah, but I this yeah. is the perfect time of the year. Oh, it's my my time. Yeah, <laughs> and you also love telling people how much you love them. So yeah, this is kind of do you, do you know how many people when they listen to our first step? If you haven't listened, go back, enjoy, um, and saying you are you're very cute. You always aggressively tell me how much you love me, and I'm like ah oh, well. It's I do. I've got a brand and uh, I'll see you next time I'm drinking because I'll tell you again. <laughs> it's like, do you want a card? Because I got one. Oh, I've got get- plenty. Yeah. I love cards. How many cards are you giving out this week? Are you doing any I've other gallant? I've already and- done them all. Yeah? There's a stack. They've got, there's two that I need to post ASAP um, that are going to the Emerald Isle. Oh yeah, and then there's a whole stack with stamps ready to be posted for arrival for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, because I just think, oh well, if you're not in a relationship, I still love you. If you are in a relationship, I still love you. Um, so yeah, I've got quite a few. I think I've got about ten or twelve. And then um, one of our friends, she's having a little baby, and um, yeah, I've I've um sent the baby a little card. Oh, a little Galentine's BB. Yeah, so I said, I love you. I know you're not here yet. That's so sweet. (laughs) No, me bitch. (laughs) That's a callback to last week's app. Um, Yeah, so I love it. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so wholesome. No, me bitch. No, yeah, you emotional bitch, as we already established. Yeah, so how cute. But yeah, we thought we'd give you a little um, special app because... Yeah, there's no one else we'd rather spend Galentine's with. Truly, if we could do a brunch on a Tuesday, we bloody well would. Yeah. But it's frowned upon being drunk at work, so... So here we are. We'll see you at brunch ASAP, but not when we have to work. Um, But... If you are at work listening to this, we hope you're having a good day. Maybe have a cheeky little beverage afterwards. Yeah, so or... have a little glass of Prosecco. Yeah, treat yourself. Cheers to you. Yeah. Um, what are we drinking? I'm doing it for you. Okay. My supportive queen, what are we having today? We're having no Zecco. Oh! I know. Fizzy and alcohol yeah. free. And because quite a few of my friends have either been with child or currently with child i have sampled quite a few different Mm. nose echoes some are good some are not good but i think this one's going to be okay okay well let's see yeah so excuse us while we go on pour but we'll be right back we're back hey (laughs) y'all hope you didn't miss us too much have you got your glass ready to do a toast to all the galentines out there you're all in my heart Oh, she's very, like, green apple. That is exactly it. I was going to say perfumey. Okay. Do you remember DKNY apple? No. Oh, it was all the rage here. Remember when we were in the field with Alison (laughs) Panda? I've talked to so many people about the field, specifically so many British people, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, like, we were all in the field. We were all... Thank you. I'm like, what? Like, do you guys all live in the countryside? I don't understand. Yeah. It's interesting because nobody who's listened to it who's British has approached me about it because it was just a rite of passage. Elizabeth, hey, hey, girly, 
she loves the pod so i think she's officially gonna say she loves the field she loves (laughs) go off happy (laughs) valentine's yeah invite us next time (laughs) um she was saying yeah what is the field and she's like it was hilarious you clearly hate zimmerman i was like well mm, yeah and she is an american and she also had no clue but she was like loved it it's hilarious i said oh thanks i feel like on the anniversary our one year anniversary of the pod we'll meet in a field go to a field yeah it will be january it's a rite of passage okay fine 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 fine, fine. i vote no the rite of passage is into (laughs) i clearly have not had it no we have to have that we have to have zinfandel Zinfandel. Zinfand- what is it? Zinfandel. Zinfandel. In a field. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I was like, oh, the field. And you were like, stop. Oh my gosh. It's the Oki afterbirth. Stop. I hate the, yeah. I oh, I did get a lot of hate for having not watched The Office. Well. So I've got to rectify that. ASAP. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whoever gave you the hate was completely correct for that. Janesh, so. friend of the pod. Yeah. Who's going to be gassed? We just gave him a shout out. Happy Galentine's Day to you, Janesh. Yeah, big up. Have a no secco as well. Yeah. Or don't. Treat yourself. Yeah. Have a prosecco and no secco. A prosecco. <laughs> sounds like prosecco. I know, yeah. Don't do that. Have a prosecco. Yeah, do it. Yeah. It's Galentine's. Yeah. Treat Let's yourself. Go. Have a box of chocolate. I will. Ooh. Galentine's chocolate. What are you having? <gasps> like brand. Okay. I'm going to. Why is it Ferrero Rocher? Because it's the best. I actually had Ferrero Rocher today. And I said to Janesh, friend of the pod, Tati is going to be gassed to have this. But I ate all three. And I was like, "Mm, it is what it is. I am who I am. all three? You didn't save me one. No, babe. Because it's Galentine's. And who's the biggest Galentine to myself? I'm all about self-love, except for right now. What? (laughs) I actually do feel betrayed. Anyway, um, you can take your stickers back <laughs> no yeah. i'm part of the fierce crew <laughs> were were the ferreros going to be part of this gift or was no. it separate okay, actually fine. i found a fun fact that i didn't know so i hate having a sad sandwich or a meal deal at lunch but sometimes i haven't meal prepped and i am who i am it so I have to. Yeah. yeah but i refused to have a sad sandwich today so i was like okay what I, qualifies as a sad sandwich anything is that like is in it ham and cheese? Oh, anything to be honest. Oh, anything in cardboard. So like anything yeah. shop. Unless we're talking pret gourmet. Okay, yeah, yeah. a little little baguette, something which, fancy. Yeah. Um, then no. Okay, but this it, we went to Tesco, but there were other grocers available. Um, but it was the nearest one, and we went, and I was just thinking, oh, I'm not going to get a meal deal. I'll get um. You know, you can go to the fresh food aisle and they have salads mm. that are, and they're usually cheaper than the meal deal. So I thought, I'll just make a little salad for oh. myself. Grabbed it. And then Janesh was, God, you're getting loads of shout outs, homeboy. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, But we went and he said, oh, there's some really good ones. You should check it out. There's some quinoa um, or quinoa, which is how some people pronounce it, which I, I know. I thought quinoa. you were going to say that that's how Janesh pronounces it. I was like, you are not getting any more shout outs. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I low-key love it when people mispronounce it and I don't shame them for it. I just think it's funny. So quinoa mm. or you speak La France. Okay, we're not talking about that. 
I don't see how that's relevant to <laughs> your munch, but okay. <laughs> anyway, so I got my quinoa and... <laughs> like, actively caving in. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I could see you go... <laughs> so no, I got a quinoa and chicken and broccoli salad thing. It was lovely. Oh, and it was part of the meal deal. Gorge. Stunning. And then you get a snack and you get a drink. And I needed coffee, so I was mainlining, like hook it to my veins today mm-hmm. that's what i needed and it's like a little cheeky coffee and then the snacks i was thinking i'm gonna treat myself to something it's galentine's why wouldn't i mm-hmm. and then i saw at the corner of my eye you know those mini packets of ferrero rocher the threes yeah yeah they're included i can imagine this very clearly because in my you head didn't get one yeah huh? mm. I know exactly what they look like, and I know exactly what I would have had if you <laughs> if you didn't love yourself as much. <laughs> Valentine's, if you can't yeah. do it today, girls, when can you? I mean, so yeah, but they're included. So um, I used a little club card, and it was three pound fifty. It's included at Tesco. Yeah, Tesco. in the meal deal, oh, right? Okay. But you get those three packs there. For some reason, I just assumed that you were not at Tesco. Well, there I was, yeah. living my best life. Yeah. And you're yeah. quinoa and you're Ferrero. Yeah, but usually, though, the Ferrero Rocher is so expensive on its yeah. own. It was like £1.70. No, I mean, it, yeah, it would cost you your first child. Yeah. But, and their first child. Yeah. But then. Full bloodline. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't yeah. sacrifice it. But yeah, so cheap. Yeah, you're like, I don't have one of those. So no. I don't have anything to get. Also, even if it did, you'd just still not get my fucking Ferrero Rocher. It's mine. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, so there you go. That was my day. Yeah. Thriving. Okay. Should we dive in then? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, um, yeah, let's do it. Okay, my fierce queen, my Galentine's girly, what are we reading this week? Well, it's very on brand. BFFs! Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but there is there is a, um, a subtitle to that title. Uh, cover, shout out. Gorgeous. BFFs, the radical potential of female friendship. Ooh. Uh, the potential is you could do a podcast. <laughs> And here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah. Do you want a little potted yeah, synopsis? Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. Set the scene. Mm. I'm going to set the scene of what um, they marketed it as. Okay. And then I'm going to set the scene of our reality. Okay. So, it's a very skinny little book. She's short and petite and we love her. Sexy, sexy. The marketing team did a very good job. Let's just say that. And shout out to 404, who have got a really great collection of short nonfiction. It's a really good series. And it makes you think. They call it the Big Ideas Pocket Size Books. Mm. Okay, so how That's they... such good branding. It really is. And um, for those who haven't been on our Instagram yet and haven't seen this cover, the cover is essentially a love heart suite with BFFs on it. It's very, very, very pleasing to the eye. Mm. Potted synopsis. I'm going to tell you what it says from coming-of-age tales through physical intimacy and discovering personhood to breakups and parting ways. Beirouz considers the vast significance of our friendships through the work of Toni Morrison, Elena Ferranti, Booksmart and Grey's Anatomy, Insecure, The Virgin Suicides and beyond. She does do that. Mm-hmm. And the way we kind of came to this book was that it was we assumed it would be a celebration of female friendship. Very on brand, 
very interesting, yeah. Galentine's vibes. Yeah. The execution, however, is not quite what we were led to believe. And okay, drop it. It's a media studies book. Yeah. <laughs> that f- is framed within friendships and female friendships and it definitely has some very interesting ideas about patriarchal structures it's a socio-economic study but it's all through the lens of media and i didn't get from it what i was expecting the trailer did not match the movie i'm gonna ask you to hold off there so i can tell you a little bit about our author go on so what can you tell us not much. She is a international woman of mystery. There's not a ton of interviews with her. Though okay. There are interviews that she has done. As the interviewer. And, yes, exactly. Oh. Conducting the interview. She sat on a couple of panels, too. So she primarily writes about film, literature, art, and cultural politics. Um, all of which are themes that we see throughout BFFs, and most of her website and her writing focuses on media and film. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's done a couple panels sort of discussing those topics. BFFs is actually her first published book, and she's just released another book on the cartography of Middle Earth. What? Yeah, it's called Mapping Middle Earth. Stop. So, listen to all of range. you uh, Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. Hit you girl up. She yeah, was, if you she's... love Galentine's and you love <laughs> Lord of the Rings, this is the author for you. Yeah, the main thing I think about her is that she has self-declared her social media presence as chaotic. Oh, hey, hey. Love. So yeah. she can sit Can relate. Us. Can relate. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we got on our girl. So. Oh. She says she's, her family are from Iran? Yes, so she's of Iranian heritage, but she was born in the UK and is based in Edinburgh. Oh, stunning. And she got her PhD in Edinburgh um, and currently lives there. Do we know if this book was her PhD? I'm not sure, actually. Because I'd be intrigued to know. Yeah. We'll find out. So, where do we want to begin? Tell me your initial thoughts. What did you like the most about the book? I really liked her analysis of the structures of friendships and how she highlighted the way in which we, both as women, but also as a society, rank our relationships Mm. and basically have a hierarchy of love, which I think is really detrimental. I think that's what she's arguing. I also really liked the way in which she did pull from... I think I related best to the bits when it was about media that I'd seen. Yeah. And when I really got the reference yeah. and her point, it really resonated with me. And I really liked in the way, I know we had very differing initial responses yeah. to the book. I liked the way that she really did, to me at least, argue for both, basically for women in general, Yeah, that you can't fucking win. Yeah. And you can't. What about you? Initial thoughts? I know, I know you had some strong ones. Yes, initial thoughts was kind of mixed. I'll start with the things that I really like. Yes, please do. So I really liked the position of community and platonic intimacy as Mm -hmm. things that disrupt patriarchal systems and systems of oppression. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, communities that hold you up, that keep you going, um, and having people that care for you and that you care about, like, is a life-changing thing and it's a unique part of being human. Um, So I really loved the emphasis on that. I also liked the emphasis on platonic love as a method for teaching us how 
we should want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And specifically the view of female friendships as an influencing factor in kind of the people that we become, but also the love that we learn to accept for ourselves by way of our friends mm-hmm. and how that lo- like sets the bar for what we yeah. expect from other people. Yeah. And then the things that like I kind of struggled with, I think I'm similar to you. I expected that it was going to be an analysis of female friendship, yeah. but it really was through the lens of film and media. And actually most of the references in this book, I have not consumed that media. I think there were only a handful of films and books that she had referenced that I had actually read and watched, uh, like Booksmart is one of them. So I kind of got the reference and got the argument that was attached to that reference, but for some of the other ones it was a little bit tricky to figure out how that specific reference and that call out was pulling back to whatever point she was making at that particular part of the book. Those are my initial high level thoughts. I would like to just go hard and ask you, in your most raw and authentic view, what did you hate about it? So, I think what I hated about it, so I should say, I read it twice. Oh! Yeah, because the first time I'd sort of read it in bits and pieces, and I think that really influenced the parts that I took away from it, because I was consuming it in such small chunks at a time. Yeah. To and from work, while trans like yeah on transportation before bed that sort of thing so I think that experience really um changed the way that I felt about the book because I wasn't getting to experience the full argument start to finish in one sitting and was sort of walking away from it where she was at the peak of the argument or getting Mm -hmm. into something that was particularly spicy and that's when I had to put the book down so I decided to read it again the first time I read it I was really annoyed. Um, yeah, and you were. The main reason why is that the premise of the book is to explore the importance of female friendship and the potential of female friendship, but it's a critical study, or it's meant to be a critical study of how we rank female friendships against heteronormative, monogamous uh, relationships, so relationships that men have with women. Um, And the importance that we place on those relationships as a society versus uh, platonic intimacy of women to women. Um, And I think the thing that I really struggled with there was there was a couple sections where she talked about how the emphasis on the nuclear family and the emphasis on um, male-female relationships and romantic intimacy specifically is a way of governments washing their hands of providing a social safety net and care to its citizens and like its duty to care for its citizens, which like I absolutely agree with, Mm -hmm. but it was really hard to hear and to listen, or I guess to read, because it sort of felt like if you're a woman who places value on your relationship with a male human, you are contributing to the system rather than rebelling against it and engaging in a different form of intimacy that seeks to tear down that system. So it was a really hard moment of like, well, shit, like 
I can't win either way. Like I love my female friends and I love my female relationships and I prioritize those heavily. I am introverted, so I have a very small community. So the people that I become close to are people that mean the world to me, but so does my husband. And my husband isn't, yeah, I don't feel some duty to him because of the patriarchy. I feel closeness to him and this desire to be around him because he's my best friend so it was one I'm of gonna those stop you there though yeah because I think that's integral to perhaps your offense to her well I think you've also gone on a journey you've read it twice yeah I think it's also because he is your best friend as well it's not just a case of because I think we both are in agreement that marriage is it is upholding patriarchy because it's a patriarchal kind of structure. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean by partaking in that structure that you are complicit and upholding yeah. patriarchy. But I think we have to, and it's difficult to also acknowledge that some of our behaviours or some of the ways in which we conduct ourselves do maintain those structures mm -hmm. and that's tough because we can see great value and 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 assurances and comfort and love and you know marriage is a beautiful thing but it is a it is an arm of the patriarchy you know the churches there are many things you can unpack but i think when you get over that you can see that it's a wider argument that she's making but similarly you're very, very wonderfully lucky to not only have a husband, but have such a wonderful friend in that person. So when somebody comes for one of your friends, yeah. oh, you're ready like, to throw hands. <laughs> but yeah. we do that for anyone yeah. who is our friend. And I think that's something that perhaps on a first read, and when we first initially spoke about this book, you were so offended by it. Mm. But I don't think it was calling out you specifically. It was a wider assessment, whether right or wrong. It's yeah. a wider analysis of the structures at place. And I think if there was an element of detachment, and I think we've we both value friendships so highly, and they're so integral to our to, to me personally to my well being, that if you were to tell me that I was doing something wrong by that, of course I would take initial offence. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't speak about my yeah. friends like that. Yeah. But also, she's not wrong in highlighting. And I think it's when we yeah. make it the individual. And arguably, that's also what she's saying is the government have made it about an individual rather than the collective. And I think that was part of the reason why I really wanted to reread it because I had such a visceral reaction to it. I was like, okay, I need to sort of take a step back. Mm -hmm reread this front to back in one sitting or two sittings max and really just sit with this right now rather than jumping out of the book stewing for a bit and then coming back <laughs> angry and like listen yeah. yeah i'm like my husband's great like go talk to the wall don't yeah. talk to me and yeah i think on a second read my perspective did change because i was able to detach my situation mm. a bit a bit more from this book and really see that like the focus was the parts that I really enjoyed, which are like friendships and platonic intimacy is not less than mm -hmm. romantic intimacy. It is just as important and it is just as formative and foundational and it's part of the human experience and we do not have the language to describe that. But or define we, so, it. Yeah, or, or to define it, exactly. And there's no emphasis on that. Yeah, and for those listening who don't know us personally, this is why it's so brilliant to come for this book is because 
I'm single. You're married. You've been with your your husband for a very long time. I haven't been single for that long, but a while. But I've been, you know, I haven't had the long breadth of a relationship mm-hmm. that's defined me in the way that my friendships have. Yeah. But we've both come to this kind of similar conclusion that it's a lack in language, but also I think a lack of understanding within society and an unspoken thing that one is not better than, mm-hmm. but one is valued more than yeah. from a societal perspective. And I think that's so ridiculous because obviously seeing the two of us next to each other, not one of us is better than the other, but society would deem you more correct, more accomplished because you're married, Mm. which is fascinating to me because I have so many beautiful, incredible relationships, which I like to tell, as we know, (laughs) you're a beautiful, amazing relationship and I value you, but... Um, there's a quote in the book. I mean, there's if if you haven't read this book, my God, is she quotable? Yes, but there's yeah. an amazing quote where she's talking about how an amazing friendship won't get you tax relief. It won't get you a visa to live in a country. It won't get you this. And it's true. And I yeah. think that's really quite fascinating that you have to be in these bounds of and a confined, monogamous usually heteronormative relationship in order to be deemed successful or viable or worthy of something. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's just a lack in linguistics and the the evolution of language that we're behind on this because it's a societal perception. And I feel like within women, and she touches upon this throughout her different references, that it's like an unspoken kinship within women that a lot of men, I mean, we're having this whole... Men are going through this loneliness pandemic. Sorry, I know I sound really uh, dismissive of that, but talk to your boys. Like, yeah, I mean, it's I not think like that's the thing. Easy. It's like if you zoom out of this book and you just think about the like importance of friendship and community generally, like it, friendship is a life changing thing. Full stop. To have a group of people, no matter how big or small, who know you. And, like, know who you really are, not know who you say you are Mm -hmm. and who you say you are at your worst moments. Me bitch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, who decide to be there for you in the highs and the lows and, like, are people that you can talk to about what's really happening. Like, that's a life-changing thing. And I think when you, yeah, zoom out of this book that does focus on female friendships and you think about the other forms of loneliness whether it's the male experience of loneliness that there's so much discourse around right now i think really the emphasis is like find your people and like value those people and know that it's not just romantic relationships that can provide affirming value to you there are other forms of relationship that are just as important to build and like nurture and maintain throughout your different phases of life and would you say that was your biggest takeaway once you got over your initial frustration with it yeah once i realized that she wasn't attacking me personally once you start making it about you yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean very difficult um (laughs) yeah i think that that was my biggest takeaway and it's something that like it feels very affirming to read because i place so much value and we both do place so much value on our friendships across the board but in particular 
friendships with other women because there are experiences that are unique um or yeah i have friends who can empathize with some of the experiences that i've had in ways that my husband can't mm -hmm. and like that's a product of like different like fundamental differences in the way that we have grown up and like the lives that we lead today by virtue of like the bodies that we identify with the bodies that we occupy all of those sorts of things but i think it's also a fundamental difference of like in platonic intimacy there's the emotion that's there is like it's pure love oh yeah like there's i i don't know i'd almost say like there's less like chemistry love there because it's just like i just want what's best for you all the time but it's like, not I'm like i'm here because i like want to be here right now kind and of you thing. don't have those those things firing off in your brain the chemicals as you yeah. say but you also don't have the hormones or the yeah because it's a completely different kind of love. And I think, to be honest, when I'm with my female friends or female identifying friends specifically, I am my most authentic mm. self. And I do think that that is a project of patriarchy as well, is that when you, when you introduce male identifying people into the room or you do become a bit performative as women. And I don't mean to a huge degree where you change who you are, but you are maybe... <laughs> Shockingly, I'm not that reserved, but there are some things that I feel so comfortable sharing with my female friends that I would not with other people. Mm -hmm. And and that is truly invaluable. But we don't we don't have the same language about it. It's like a hushed thing. And there are examples in the book, particularly when she's speaking about her Iranian heritage, but she's talking about reading Lolita Lolita in In Tehran. Yeah, yeah. That was especially because it was a book club as well. Yeah. The book club is for the girls, gays and theys, but it started as just the girls and it still continues to be female identifying members because I did think about in its infancy introducing, well, opening it up to men as well. And I was a bit reticent to do that because I didn't know what the dynamic would be and, and they are safe spaces and they are sacred. And if you introduce a male body or something mm -hmm. i do think it shifts the chemistry why that may be it could be biological it could be sociological who knows what it is but these sacred That's spaces a whole nother book yeah not written by her thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> no thank you but i think it's a really interesting branch that for some reason is unspoken about yeah and i think it's because we have to have some hard truths about the structures of society and the relationships in which we have them and how we value them more than others and I think that's really interesting for her to have unpicked. No matter what her execution was like, I think her intention was really, really interesting and, and valuable to add to the conversation. I guess along those lines, I'm curious what your thoughts are on how the book was structured. Well, as I said at the top, it was difficult to kind of summarise this book in a succinct way. I don't know if that's going to be a common theme when it comes to nonfiction on the pod. I don't know. But it does seem that the... We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> Watch this thing. <Yeah. laughs> but the intention of it, I think I understood. The execution mm -hmm. was different. And I fell in love with the book in the introduction. She set her... She set the scene. But the different chapters are titled in different ways. Mm. So chapter one is coming of age. Chapter two is physical intimacy. And then chapter three, personhood. And then the final chapter, four, the breakup. Mm. I can see where she was going in terms of 
start, middle, inevitable end, which she does really unpack. But it didn't it didn't have that clear defined structure. I felt it was just a continuation mm-hmm. of her argument. It didn't feel succinct. Like you could and I think maybe that was a both of our struggle as yeah. reading it itty bitty. Yeah. You needed to read it as a whole. Because it wasn't, you could take one chapter, analyse that in, in, in its own entity. It had to be read collectively. Yeah. How about you? Did you feel similarly or different? Yeah, I did struggle with the structure for the same reason. Um, I think this was one of the problems that I had with the book overall, was that there were there was such a range of topics mm-hmm. that she brought up. There was just, there were so many different topics and so many different themes that were discussed. And I think the structure of it, where it was like introduced argument and then five pieces of media that are like <laughs> semi-related to that topic, just made it hard to follow. Cause then it was like, okay, well, what is the argument? And like, what is the connection of like this TV show to the like this argument that you're making in this particular section? And I think because the themes by chapter, I don't know that the name of the chapters connected to the content of the chapter Mm -hmm. all that well. So as you said, I think you kind of needed to read it in one sitting, but also having read it twice, I don't know that I walked away with a different view of the structure. It's something that I still struggled with. But of all of the media, was there one that really stuck out or did they kind of blend into one? So there were two pieces that stuck out and they're the two that I am most familiar with. So the first was Booksmart, which is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. I haven't seen it. It's I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Is it um, Greta Gerwig? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was her She is the girl of TV. the moment. Oh no, sorry. It's not um Greta Gerwig. It's um Olivia Wilde. No. Yeah, it was her directorial debut. Yeah, it came out in Oh, she debut, excuse me. Debut. Debut. Uh-huh. Uh it's because of France. Yeah, well. Um <laughs> sorry. Okay, you're not going to know that story this Valentine's Day. Love you. Um <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it came out in 2019. It's really funny. Mm. It's like a coming of age film about two girls in their final year of high school. And they're like, they've always been the nerdy girls, very like goody two shoes kind of thing. And I think it's like their last week of high school. So they decide they're gonna like go all out and they're gonna have a night out, go to parties, go drink in the field, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And it's all about the like shenanigans that they get into. And it's it's so much fun. I don't want to give spoilers i'll see Um, if it's on netflix i'll give it a read yeah so that piece of media really stuck with me and and then the other one is Grey's anatomy because that's something that i've seen before you're my person yeah i love that though i make fun of it but honestly that is what a line i really that really resonated with me there were so many references to things that i didn't or haven't read or haven't watched or i've heard like the periphery of but not where it really resonated with me until, unless I'd I'd watched it. There were lots of things where I thought, oh, girly, is this just a recommendation? And I actually started jotting yeah, down yeah. the names of things that I wanted to read after and watch. Yeah. yeah. So the Grey's Anatomy scene actually comes just before one of my favorite uh, quotes from the book, if I could read it to you. <coughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to read the whole passage. Okay, Here we are. hit me. Okay. What I'm saying, I suppose, is that I'm not always sure of the solidity of myself as a person, 
particularly in moments of extreme emotion, a natural condition of being human, perhaps, where the immensity of one's in interiority, my goodness, hardly <laughs> seems containable, quantifiable, or reasonable in any way. To be not only your person, but also somebody else's under such conditions seems both a wild and irrational proposition and a natural and obvious inevitability. It is a fundamentally unstructured act beyond anything that administrative social unit could signify. I feel like I need to read that again. I will say, and I feel like, I hope, I really hope, because we're smart. Some would say book smart. Oh. But did any of this book have you turning to go Google? Like every other Oh sentence. my god. Yeah. Not even every other chapter, like every other sentence. No, every other word. Girl, I know you got a PhD, but not all of us do. Yeah. It, also, yeah. she's like, <laughs> two syllables, get fucked. Yeah. It's five syllables or more. Yeah. And girly, <laughs> I'm not reading Maybe this. Maybe this is why I also got so annoyed. It was like, okay, so not only are you attacking me, but I also don't understand dumb, dumb. what you're saying. I felt like, yeah. I don't know if you had this, but I felt my brain switch sometimes when I was reading it into academic mode. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a master's degree. Ooh. And I definitely remember being within that kind of rhetoric and that kind of rhythm of writing. Mm -hmm. We were like, eh, thus, therefore, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I it's felt, a totally different style. It's a completely different style. And I felt my brain every now and then switch back into it. And I was like, I know what I'm doing. And then my yeah. brain would be like, no, you don't. Yeah. And I kept doing that. And I don't know if it's because I've been out of academia for a while, but it wasn't the most accessible. No kind of unpacking of female friendship which is a shame because mm. i think the topic has so much impact and so much potential for impact if it would have been packaged in a different way and also she did flip flop between being both academic but then wildly personal yeah in the sense of just dropping her own opinions one she cussed out gray's anatomy She's like, it's not really my kind of... And I was like, oh, cool. Can I tell you a secret? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I've already given you the card. So, no. You will be demoted <laughs> like to... Like, you already know? <laughs> yeah. I will say it does get shit later on, but it still holds a place in my mm. heart. Oh, she cut the Elvad wire. <laughs> oh, my God. Did she? Have you not seen it? No, that's what the secret. That's what you don't want to know is that I haven't seen it. I thought you were going to say you have, you don't like it. You've oh, seen it. no. I saw like the first season when it came out. And oh, it's so good. I it's think, so bad, but it's yeah, so good. Yeah, I was like this. I don't like blood. Do you want to know, though, another thing, another personal thing that she said that I took real offense to? Mm. And members of the Brunch Book Club. Oh, my gosh. I oh, love that you're bringing this up. Oh. <laughs> no, this is so good because I got offended about like me being an Asian of the patriarchy and you got offended because she's like, don't call me your fucking brunch friend. I well, hate brunch. Can I read you a quote? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so she says, <clears throat> I have in mind dubbed this the brunch friendship. Although this isn't particularly original or indeed fair, maybe it isn't kind to be petulant about others' joys. No. Yeah, proceeds to. Yeah, and then <laughs> proceeds to basically read... The entire book club yeah. to fill. She says, yet, something about the idea of brunch, not the meal, but the concept, 
The social structure, the exaggerated performance of middle-class femininity that it represents, sets me on edge. Your tone sets me on edge. No, I joke. No, but I found that really, I do understand because it, it doesn't, stop laughing. Oh no, it just <laughs> that like at the beginning of this, I was so incensed about yeah. my relationship and you're like, she just judged my relationship with all of my female friends. Yeah. In the club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't fucking come to brunch then. You're still invited, but I mean, maybe if she came to brunch, she would feel differently. Maybe, because actually I feel like that's really unfair because then yeah. she does then go on to explain a very specific situation, which yeah. is this friend that she sees bi-monthly, perhaps once it's like cemented into their diaries. And then they sit with a table in between them that I think is a metaphor for the distance between them, blah, 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 blah. Super she- accessible, yeah. But she's not talking about what brunch has come to represent, I think, for a lot of women, mm-hmm. which is this communal space where you feel comfortable enough to, if you want to, get white girl wasted or not. Or for us as a community, whether you... platonic intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> and and whether, especially because she also then starts, because, I mean, I'm bouncing around, but the girl doesn't seem to like her childhood friends. Mm. Sure, but then goes on to say how difficult it is to make friends in adulthood. Well, that's exactly what Brunch Book Club is there and mm-hmm. avoiding and mitigating it. It's there to make friendships in adulthood as easy as possible, to engage in a, in a common interest, but also in a, in a space where if you do feel awkward, have a little bevy, have a little bit of a boogie, and then tell your truth. A little bit of a what? A bevy. And then you said something else. A little bit of a boogie. Boogie? Yeah. What is that? Boogie. Oh, uh, boogie. Okay, accent. Okay. <laughs> like a like a booger? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, a bugger is very different in the UK. Yeah, I know what that is because I said it in a professional context. Oh, did you? Well, I said booger and someone thought I said bugger and it just, yeah. This is definitely going in the blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, enjoy yourself. And I just felt like she clearly hasn't enjoyed the true depths of brunch and how it's meant to be had. Because truly, yeah. it's a sacred place. Yeah, I think you can criticise brunch as a like concept without... Of white modernity, for sure. Yeah, criticising the value that it... While still recognising the value that it could and does have for female friendships in particular, but also just, like, people generally and communities generally. And also value for fucking money. Yeah. yeah. Bottomless brunch. Let's go. So, okay. yeah, I was really offended by that. On the theme of brunch and brunch book club, I've got some questions for you from The Spice Bowl, if you're ready. I'm ready. Spice. I'm always ready for spice. My, are my lips tingling? Not yet, but they Ooh. could be. They will be in a second. Okay, hit me. Because the first question is, describe slash summarize this book as a song. <gasps> I can tell you the song that she thought she was going for. Mm. She thought she was doing Beyonce Who Run the World, girls. Mm-hmm. And I think what she did instead was Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Oh my God. Mm. What about you? Do you have? No, I can you top uh, that? no, no. <laughs> um, same retweet. 
I support my fierce queen. So yes, exactly as you said. The fierce crew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can I dip into the spice bowl? Yes. <laughs> if you could ask the author, not at brunch, one question, what would you want to know and why? Could you pause for dramatic effect? Yeah. <laughs> let, let me think about it. Uh, I think I would ask her... Why? No, I would ask her um, probably what how her female friendships have changed since deciding or like since intellectually discovering the concept of platonic intimacy and the mm. value that female friendships have because i think if it's not something that you actively think about your friendships probably look different than they would or do if it's something that's like incredibly front and center in mm -hmm. your mind and her having written a book i'd be curious how this lens of life has changed the relationships that she has now and then also the relationships that she might no longer have and how if she's like revisited some of those mm, fair enough what about you what would you ask what was the most devastating friendship breakup mm. Because I think that is also something that we do not talk about as a society. Yeah. And she really, really put a spotlight on it, which I appreciated because I've lost friends along the way, whether it's been through just growing up or if it's been, you know, your 20s are really tough. And I don't think we talk about how tough your 20s can be and how formative they are and you're learning how to be a person. Going through a friendship breakup, I think sometimes is harder yeah. than a breakup because as we've been saying, is you are your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm i not in a relationship at the moment, but I'm in multiple relationships with my yeah. friends. And I talk to them all day, every day. It's like, I joke with some of my friends that we just have this never-ending conversation. It's a yeah. running conversation that, you you know, we don't go, good morning, it's just a pitch, did you see this? Or it's a meme or it's a TikTok. That when you lose that, it's a real absence that, you do mourn the loss of those friendships yeah. and that relationship. And I I think it would be really, I think it's something that we should all talk about a bit more because, you know, you're given free liberty to talk about a breakup mm -hmm. with a partner, a romantic partner. But where do you get the time to say, I really fucking miss my friend? Mm -hmm. And then equally on the same flip side is, as a society, we do rank friend friendships and romantic relationships differently. That when somebody does get into a romantic relationship, obviously you kind of get lost in that initial buzz. And we spoke about it of this kind of sense of if you stopped talking to me for some reason or you disappeared, I could very quickly be like, girl, where you been? Yeah. But if it was because you were with a new relationship, you're married, obviously, but if it were in a yeah. relationship, I said, girl, where you been? You could get defensive and okay. offensive yeah, because you feel attacked, but you wouldn't feel the same. You'd be like, no, nah, that's fair. I have been spending a lot of time with this other friend mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm going to give you space to hold you and tell you it's fine, like, etc. But we don't have that ability to have that conversation, I think, differently, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Make it's really interesting. I think it's a it's a it's a good topic that we need to discuss a bit more. Well, hopefully she comes and joins us for brunch <laughs> to actually talk about. Well, she won't because I mean, she fucking yeah. hates brunch. So yeah. why would she? Okay, <laughs> not that you're upset about it. Yeah. <gasps> she just oh, attacked our whole brand. Yeah, I think you're right that um, that isn't something that we necessarily talk about, and I think it kind of goes back to like the lack of language mm. for it, and like. It's hard to describe what it feels like when you lose a friend because mm -hmm. 
there's not that chemistry and hormonal influence necessarily that yeah losing someone that is just there for you because they want to be there for you mm. and because they genuinely just like you as a person then mm. yeah it is it can be absolutely devastating to lose that and not and really isolating and lonely to not have the words to describe how that feels but equally in the beginning parts of this this book she does talk about how we use the phrase best friend mm -hmm. as a way of differentiating our friendships. I still do think that's a very kind of limiting term to use, but we use it and everybody uses it yeah. to say, well, I have my best friend as a means of like distinguishing them as slightly different to the rest of your friends, but not to then devalue your other friends. But it's because we don't have the language to articulate how mm -hmm. we're truly feeling. Because I consider you an incredibly close friend, but how do we, we don't have the ways in which to, yeah. for me to explain how, what value what you means. add to my life and who you are. But, it, you know, yeah. we have um, girlfriend, boyfriend, we have somebody I'm seeing, somebody I'm dating, yeah. situationship, you have long-term partner, you have fiance, you have yeah. wife, husband, all of these different ways in which denote a different... Yeah relationship but you either have friend or best friend and i think that's quite sad yeah and you know you lose a friend as we say and it's incredibly devastating oh they were just a friend yeah it's like you can get a new one but equally when we talk about romantic relationships mm -hmm. oh we're just friends now yeah how dismissive is that yeah but the way that i would say that you're my friend is very different to how i would say a friend with benefits yeah and i just think maybe we come up with the terminology and be like this is my Prosecco friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, your Aaron friend, your brunch friend. Oh, mm. <laughs> so there's some words that are just not always the right ones. Well, to us, if you're a brunch friend, you're 10 out of 10. Yeah, you're one of the best. So it seems like we are kind of conflicted on, not with each other. <laughs> Don't break up with me. I'm not on no, Gal Valentine's Day. No, on Valentine's Day. Day. How could I do such a thing? <laughs> I love that your accent changed. Yeah. How could I <laughs> do such a thing? No, that's when I get fancy. Fancy. Yeah. But we're conflicting on whether we like it or we don't, or we did or we didn't. Um, but it definitely gave us a lot to think about. So I have to ask you, where's it going? Is it going to the charity shop? The BBC B bin? Or is it going on a shelf? It's going to go on the shelf. <laughs> and not because it's a pretty cover. It is a pretty cover. Though it's a really pretty cover, which is usually like the benchmark for me. <laughs> is the cover pretty? And it almost always is. No, this is going to go on the shelf because it is a book that I would like to revisit. Mm, me too. Having read it twice now, <laughs> in my opinion, changed the sec upon second read, I am... I'd be very curious to see how I feel about it when I read it for a third, a fourth, a fifth time. Mm. And I think as I enter different phases of life in my romantic relationship and my uh, platonic relationships, it will be a very interesting thing to read this and see do any of her arguments ring truer at certain points of life? And does my perspective change both in like, do I still feel personally attacked <laughs> or do I get it more or do I get mm. it less? So I think it'll go on the shelf because it's a short read and it's one that 
uh, it has left me thinking quite a lot and I'd like to revisit it down the line. Mm. What about you? Where's she going? She's going on the shelf. She's going on the shelf. Yeah. Because I think this is your first I know. book. Hey, hey. My shelves are incredibly empty. <laughs> They're not. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. Well, a lot less now, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going on the shelf because I think it's much deeper mm-hmm. than what it is at surface level. Mm-hmm. And I think you can mine meaning mm-hmm. out of it the more that you pay attention. So I think, you know, we want to watch Booksmart. I also want to watch... What's the one? Is it Selfish? No. Insecure. Insecure. <laughs> selfish? Different word, yeah. Same but different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because these are things that I have been on my list to watch, but I yeah. haven't watched them. And I think if I watched them, I'd probably get more meaning and I would understand the reference in a much deeper yeah. way. And so I think it's one I definitely will revisit as well. Mm. And I think it, I think I would also lend it to people. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to have a wider conversation about the book at a brunch, because it's where all the best things happen. I won't let it go. So there we have it. Yeah, she's going on the shelf for both of us. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. To BFFs. Oh, and to the radical potential of female friendship. Yeah, if you really do want to explore the radical potential of female friendships, come to brunch, come sit with us. Yeah. Don't or listen. Or consume every piece of media that is referenced in this book and then read the book. And then come to brunch. Mm. But not until April because we're sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Hope you guys are having a great week. Yeah. Filled with yeah. lots of love and good vibes and lots of chocolate. Not, Seco. not just this week, but every week. Yeah. Every week. Get Send yourself a Ferrero and also share with your friends. We'll You're my little Ferrero Roche. On Valentine's Day. Anyway, yeah. now that I'm incensed. Um, thanks for joining us today. And if we don't see you in the library or the bookshop, we'll see you at brunch. Bye. Bye. Love you. 